0: Welcome to Longview Baptist Church. Where will you spend your eternity? This is a question that does have an answer, even if you don't know what it is. I am Pastor John. This ministry is designed to prepare you for that day we will all face, our last. Join us as we find an answer to the tough questions. And remember, you cannot truly live until you're truly ready to die. Degrees in here. Brian? I thought it was just me, but I said, you know, well, yeah, let me tell you what. Yeah, I haven't started that hot air yet. You must have been back here talking with them. We got, we got it heavy back here. It is warm. So we're going to cool it down. Amen? Oh, me. Yeah, I think it, I just turned it down from seven. It was 77 for some reason. The one... Yeah, I don't know what happened. Maybe it's just a schedule, so. But it's going to start cooling down, so there's a cold front on the way. Amen? Everybody having a good week? Amen? Everybody having uh, trials? Tribulation? God turns it to remember that series I went through what? Triumph. Right? Church? I hope y'all, y'all know that by now, right? All the trials and tribulations given to him turn into triumphs. We're going to have to memorize that one. All of them. ALL, when the Bible says that all things work together for good, to them that love and are called according to His purpose, we know that the ALL stands for what part of everything? All of it. All always means all-inclusive. So that doesn't mean that some things are going to turn out it means that all things, that we don't understand how, why, the when, the where, God will. Tonight, I want to uh, share a message with you, not a real long one, just titled, Thank You. And it's a verse that many of you know. It's out of John chapter 15. John chapter 15. If you have your Bibles tonight, you can turn there. I hope you do. Uh, by the way, get in the habit of bringing your Bibles. Um, it's something that's not, we're getting, uh, especially culturally, it's really easy to just use your phone and I understand that but if you get used to even just on Sundays and Wednesdays bringing it it'll give you the ability to be in church unless you're, you're one that actually puts yours on do not disturb where you can't see you're going to get disturbed by the people that text you that say at home on Sundays right and right when you and God starts moving in your life what are they going to do they're going to tell you that they've got a blown out ACL and that's going to get you all worked up and tore up but if you have your Bible I have now found a, a manual Bible It's a manual one I've not had one yet that gives me alerts. The only alert it will give me is things that need to be dealt with in my life, and that's the beauty of it is it's just going to apply to me. It's not going to be what someone else has going on in their life like a phone can. And I have found that if we will allow the enemy a microscopic smidgen of an opening, he will gladly take it, and tomorrow he'll give two. And he wants a little bit, what I call it, incrementally. And then the next thing you know, we find ourselves at that hotel. You find yourselves at that house somewhere you should not have been. But you ended up being there because incrementally you began to unroll what was important. And you ended up in a mess. So if you get a chance, please bring your Bible. It's good because then you'll have a, what color Bible? A red Bible. If you don't have a red Bible, you have a unread Bible. Right, So make sure, oh, I'm working hard tonight. <laughs> Church, I'm too tired now. You've got to help me a little bit. That said, uh, I call it my old man humor. You know what the old man humor is? It's those jokes, you know, I went to bed and had a dream. I ate a giant marshmallow and I woke up, my pillow was gone. Right, that's the old man jokes that are funny because they're so terrible. I'm going to start incorporating those in there. I don't do many jokes, you know that. But um, God is a God of humor, and we need something to, be, to laugh about and smile, don't we? So, about every sixth Sunday, I'm going to try to incorporate a one joke. So, that's the, at least I got to laugh at you for that one. I hope you found John 15. Again, one verse, verse 13 of a message tonight titled, Thank You. And if you'll stand out of reverence tonight for the reading, of God's Word. No one has greater love than this to lay down his life for his friends. Father, thank you, Lord, tonight for the privilege we have to be here. Lord, the privilege to be a part of what you're doing, not only in this body of Christ, but on us individually and families, Lord, in this community. And Lord, the entire world. God, it seems so hopeless sometimes, but we recognize, Father, that what we see as hopeless, Lord, is hope always in and of you and in the purpose and plan, God, that you can use us for. God, I pray tonight you'd hide me behind the cross, Lord, that you'd speak to hearts as only you can. And most of all, Lord, may you be glorified. We ask this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Maybe may be seated. This is an awesome verse. It's an awesome verse because it really exemplifies what God's picture and his call to his people is. What is his picture and his call to people? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, body, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself the greatest commandment in the bible isn't it love the lord your god and the second is like it love your neighbor as yourself what does it take to love your neighbor it takes love we know that love doesn't come from anybody but god we can see love in the world's perspective but the love when the world's perspective has there's a limit to which the love will go and the 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 love will reach you know, I was talking to somebody about it today and how, you know, someone will be diagnosed with a terminal illness and they'll have a spouse that leaves them. It's been hard to understand why they do that or a tragic accident happens and whether they're paralyzed or hurt or whatever it might be. You see these spouses that say, well, you know, my love has found the, the, the breath, the, the distance with which it was willing to go, and I'm out of here. I didn't sign up for that. That is the world's perspective, though. That's not a godly perspective because a godly perspective We know what Scripture says. Love does what? It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, and then it says at the very end what? Love never fails. So thinking right now, if you think back in your lifetime to people that you maybe said you loved, thought you loved, I want to ask you right now, would you say you still love them? I've had people from childhood that I've known that I haven't seen in 30 and 40 years. I still love them. The people that I've loved in life, I love and I still love. People who've even mistreated me in life, I still love because love doesn't fail. When it's a true love, it doesn't fail. How many times, I can't even repeat the number of times, it, it is uncountable, the number of times that I've heard people say, I not, well, I, we just fell out of love. Fell out of love, that's like getting in one of those old Chevrolet trucks. Remember, you'd lean up against the door too hard and it would pop open going around the corner? You know what I'm talking about? That's what it's acting like. I fell out of love. I was there and it, it just happened. I just found myself having fallen outside of love. That wasn't love, by the way, in the first place. What that was was a faulty representation of what a person believed was love. But most often, a lot of times, that is masquerading as, at first... What do we have? That infatuation, right? Lust, I mean, really, look at the basic, you know, oh man, they're gorgeous and I want to get married. And to. That's not love. You know, the second date with somebody said, well, I love you. You love me. Most of all, that, that'll usually happen from a guy saying that to a girl, right? I just love you. Why? Well, I mean, I just can't explain it. I love you. You don't know me. I've heard the responses. I just told him, I don't, I don't even know you. How can I love you? Or how can you love me? And it's always an awkward thing, right, when that happens. But a real love is the thing that's going to stand the test of time. It's not, As a matter of fact, I love the other version when one of them will say, greater love hath no man than this, right, than one that lays down their life for their friend. I want to share two things with you tonight. The first one is going to be this. Pray for those who serve our country and, and serve us. Think about the military. People who sign up to serve our country. Even really, I'm going to even extend that when you look at police officers Uh, When you think about those that go out day in and day out and lay their lives on the line for our safety, you think about the military. Now I know there's probably people who just strictly sign up in the military because they maybe want to get a retirement one day or maybe they want to retire and and retire, what is it, Uh, you start at 18, you're 28 years old. You know, I get my 20 years in and make money, but you know what, that's not, I don't think, the vast majority of people that go in. I think those people that go in, they care about this nation they care about serving the nation and they care about being a part of something that's bigger than themselves. I want to believe that and I hope that's true. But you can't do that if you don't have a genuine concern and love for your fellow brethren or mankind. We don't have compulsory service here, meaning we're not forced to do military service here. I know in Israel, if I remember correctly, it's two years. Uh, John, you probably know more and y'all others would know more in other nations. There's a lot of uh, nations that have compulsory service. They force you to do it. I don't know what the longest is. Does anybody know? Four years? In some nations, you have to serve four years. In all honesty, I believe every person should have to serve in the in the service in our, in our country. I believe it would do a lot to help people recognize the privilege of what we have, the privilege of what's been laid down in all of the men and women that serve day in and day out, week in and week out. I think it'd do a lot for respect with our people who find that, you know, someone just pulling them over on the side of the road is a terrible inconvenience. And you see these videos about these awful interactions that happen. But they realize and don't even believe. They think that freedom is free. Freedom's not free, is it? Now, we are talking about the human perspective of loving your brother in Christ, right, or loving a person, But then you have someone who did something that enabled us to be able to actually love the way that we were supposed to love in the first place. And that is from God. Because remember, love is of God. And if we don't know God, we can't love. We can love carnally. Carnally is a love that is based on circumstance. And ready for this? Either a spoken or an unspoken set of rules or regulations with which the relationship is governed by. Some people outright have those conversations. You know what? All right, I expect you, husband, to work. I expect you to bring in and make a living. You want me to be a stay-at-home mom? I, want you to, I expect you to make the living... Appropriate enough to keep us in a house and able to maintain it and blah 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 And then he says and I expect you if you want to be a stay-at-home mom when I get you know the dinners cooked And you do the grocery shopping and blah 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 But what they'll do is they'll sit down and they'll have these conversations by the way That's a very important thing to do even if you are Christians What are your expectations of someone that you want to marry? I would encourage you kids to start writing those down now Don't wait until you meet them or believe that it's all going to just work out because we're going to do as that old country song from the 90s says, living on love. Doesn't work, does it? Amen? Oh me. Yes. I know many people who have thought that it was going to just work out and everything was going to be great. And, you know, we just have this uh, dynamic that is just we're going to conquer the world and we're going to be like that. Uh, one song that they're going to be sitting on the porch together on the porch swing, just uh, swinging off into eternity. That's not real because relationships, what was that? Just swing swinging. And you're going to sit there and swing. Actually, I was talking about the one where they get old and they're on the porch. It progresses through their entire life. But there's another one, I guess, called just swinging. And they're going to just swing their way into to oblivion one day. And everything's just going to work out. It doesn't, does it? It requires you to make a sacrifice The love tonight that we are able to truly extend as a follower of Christ is a love that had a high price. What was the cost? Jesus died on the cross for us. He bore our sin, he rose from the grave three days later. If he hadn't done that tonight, there is no love, by the way. There is no ability for us to be reconciled and restored in fellowship with God the Father. There is no one to pay the price for us tonight apart from the work of Jesus Christ on the cross, paying a debt that he did not owe. He gave His life in our place. Why? Because He loves us. That same reason that greater love hath no one than this and one that lays down their life for their friend. When you're willing to give your life for someone, that is a love, a true demonstration of love. I can assure you, there's not a a person in the military and there's not a person that's a law enforcement officer tonight that wakes up and goes, you know, I just hope that I die in the line of duty so I can be a hero. No, they care about their nation, they care about their communities. They want the rest of the community to live in peace. They want their nation to live in peace and safety. And they know that it's not free and they know that there's an inherent risk when you serve the nation and when you, just like I remember and Josh, You put on that uniform right there, all bets are off. Those people, when they have an issue with someone, they don't have an issue with you. I knew people that on the street, they loved me to death. You put on that uniform and all of a sudden they had a real disdain and hatred. But you knew every night that there was that potential that you may not come home. You did that because you realized that the benefit of what you've been asked to do was greater than the risk to your personal safety. Yet once again, mirroring the picture of what that verse says, greater love has no one than this—the one that's willing to lay down their life for their friend. When you're willing to do that, that is an attribute that God gives, and that ability to stand firm, to stand up, and stand in the face of inherent evil—it is all around. It is an evil that we have all experienced from the day that we were born, and we will never escape that in this life until one day we what—breathe our last and go stand in the presence of the Lord. Ultimately, all things are going to be restored, as Revelation talks about. The old order of things will pass away. I'm so thankful in heaven that there's not going to be a tree of knowledge of good and evil, that mankind can make the choice to go and make a disastrous wreck out of the beauty that God created. Amen? I'm thankful that the old order of things will pass away, and we won't be able to defy God, and thankfully we wouldn't have the desire to defy him. And that's exciting because I'm thankful tonight that we have the men and women that have served in our militaries. I'm thankful that we have men and women that have served in law enforcement and all of the different protective branches that we have literally nationwide in this nation and that other nations have to help guard the safety, guard the freedoms that those nations have. Do you realize how free this nation is? This nation affords you the ability to go stand up and demonstrate against the very thing that ensures your protection. We've watched in the last few years as cities have been burned down and, and police officers attacked because, well, they get upset and there's a bad apple and all of a sudden nobody likes the, you know, you see these demonstrations and riots and all these things that happen. Is that the demonstration of love? No, it's contradictory. And I'm thankful for those men and women in uniform that go and they serve and the men and women in our military who've gone and, and whether it's peacetime or war, they're willing to make that same sacrifice because they care About this nation they care about our communities and every single day that you wake up and we wake up in a nation that is free we can thank God that he raised up those men and those women that were willing to serve and are continuing to be willing to serve to ensure the freedoms that this nation has God has blessed this nation exponentially we couldn't even share the number of freedoms that we have in a million years and what's so sad is you realize that these freedoms that God has blessed this nation with so many times are used to demonstrate against that very freedom that we have. They use those freedoms to demonstrate against the beauty of everything that this nation represents. I'm thankful for this nation. I'm thankful for the men and women that serve in law enforcement and the military and all of the branches of all the services. I'm so thankful that God has blessed this nation like he has. And I know tonight that the thing we do here isn't by happenstance. We're not able to freely come tonight, not worried about somebody coming in from the government that is saying, no longer can you have church. We are officially closing down Longview Baptist Church. Don't think for a moment it can't happen. But as of tonight, we are able to of our own choice when the service starts, have someone back there in case they come, but we have to now lock our doors after the service to make sure that no one comes in that's not supposed to, would want to do ill or harm to us. But we don't have to worry about governmental authorities tonight coming in, closing down this church service, and telling us that we no longer can assemble together. We have freedoms like not many nations all over the globe have. You know that if we tried to do this tonight, in Sri Lanka if we try to do this in many parts even in India tonight if we try to do this tonight in Iran in almost all of Iran apart from a hidden home house do you realize in North Korea in no sense in any way shape or form including home churches is doing what we're doing tonight legal you know that in China if we weren't state sanctioned tonight, that doing what we're doing tonight would be completely, absolutely illegal. And I can forward you the videos of church services every week that are shut down, the leadership is arrested, and they bulldoze churches every single week in China. And yet, hey, think about it. We have churches on every corner in this nation. Many of those churches right now are in danger of closing down. Because America has had such freedom that we have, for whatever reason, in many places back shelved. We put top shelf is what has happened to following Christ. And the the freedom to know him, the freedom to serve him, the freedom to raise your children, love and serve. Many people are being raised now in churches that have no children Young parents coming along that have to go find a church that has some kids so their children can have others. Many churches have no children at all. And then I even had a situation, I was having a conversation with someone yesterday who I clearly could tell had been raised in a Christian home. And eventually I said, do you, uh, do you go to church anywhere? Are you fellowship anywhere? And they looked at me and they went, and they said, uh, I said, I can tell you were raised in a solid godly home. And they looked at me and went, I said, but you You don't go at all. So I'm praying God continues to allow me to have conversations with people like that because remember what I shared with you just about a week ago or two weeks ago? We are one generation. We are just a few years away from in some families. The parents or grandparents were really godly. They were at church. They served. They fellowship. They did everything that you could ever do. Then their children came along and they decided that Wednesday nights and Sunday nights and any of the other service stuff we don't do that. We just go on Sunday morning sometimes when it's convenient, when we're not hurting or we're not busy or it it fall, you know when the stars align, as we say. And then what happens to the next generation? You know what they're called? CEOs. You know what a CEO is? Christmas, Easter only. You know what happens to the following generation? They're completely unchurched. You know why? Because they realize that CEO, that's nothing in the first place. They had no, that is absolutely worthless. So they decided that there's no reason to have a part of any of it. And by the way, imagine when they go out into the world and the parents one day decide that church is, is important and they start getting faithful later on and start telling the children, you know, you really need to get your family in church. If my parents had done that to me, I'd look at them and say, you need to keep your mouth shut. Because if it was important to you, you'd have done this when I was growing up. Don't come to me in the third quarter because you're scared of dying. And all of a sudden you've gotten religious and now you decide to tell me that it's time for me to go to church. See, this is what happens, church. You know how bad those parents feel? They feel really bad. Because they realize they compromised, and they realize now that their children most likely are not going to listen to what they said. And when people come to me and share that with me and say, what do I do now? You know what I tell them? You've said everything you can say. It's time to stop talking and start praying. And that's when you do what we talked about last Sunday morning, last Wednesday night we started. And Sunday morning, thank you for the feedback on that. It's encouraging to hear that people, that really resonated with people. So I hope that every Wednesday night service and every Sunday morning service, there continues to be a number of people down here that are praying for those lost children, lost mom, lost dad, lost friends, lost coworkers. It doesn't matter who they are. We want everybody to come to Christ. You maybe have somebody in your life that you disdain. There is no greater way in the world to remedy that situation than to get up here and start praying for them. What do you want to pray? God, get them. No, you pray blessings on them. Well, how could you say that, Brother John? That's what the Bible says. It's not what I say. Start praying that God would bless them. You want to start finding out how your heart can change towards them? You let go of that bitterness and anger you have. And what do you do? You're doing what the title of tonight's message is. You're thanking the Lord for the gift of salvation and realizing the depth with which Christ suffered to forgive you. So how could you not forgive someone who's hurt or offended you? Amen? Choices we have to make tonight will determine what we do or we don't do tomorrow. I know one thing. It'd be tough right now in this nation to serve. Very difficult. Stories that I hear... Things I've seen and experienced with people who've been in, not even just with son but hearing from numerous people who've been in this current day. This is not a good environment right now. I'm thankful that young men and women are still standing up and willing to serve and sacrifice, and it is sacrifice, church. Even if it's not wartime, it's sacrifice. They literally own you when you're in the military. They own your time. You're going to do what they say to do without question. And I'm thankful tonight that there's still men and women that are willing to, to sacrifice and to defend the freedoms that we have left. Because one day, God forbid, that we sit back and reflect on the times that we were able to go in fellowship and worship, but we decided that we didn't want to. Maybe we didn't like crowds. We didn't like Sunday mornings because we're too tired, we're too busy. We don't like Sunday nights because I don't like to be out late. I don't like Wednesday nights because Tuesday night would be a better night or Monday night, right? Or maybe Thursday or Friday would be much better, maybe Saturday. And we give all these excuses why we can't. When in reality, think about the excuses Jesus gave for us. Which one? Let's start with the first. Not one. There's only one thing Jesus ever did and he said what? What? If this cup can pass, Lord, let it, not my will, but yours be done. What Jesus was saying is he recognized the magnitude of what he was getting ready to suffer. And if there was a way to redeem mankind without the immense level of suffering, Lord, if there's a way that this can be done without this, Lord, let it. But what, Father, not my will, but yours be done. Profound, isn't it? Jesus was obedient and willing to lay down his life for us tonight. And I'm so thankful. I'm thankful for the gift of being able to celebrate tonight, John and Jasmine. I'm thankful that tonight we have the ability as a body of Christ to love on him and and to love on all of you who've served this nation to thank you and to pray that God continues to raise up godly men and women that will be willing to serve this nation and protect these freedoms. And I'm praying that God would continue to raise up young men and women to be law enforcement officers to continue to protect the freedoms that even, let's just say, the the, uh, the governing authorities get a little crazy. In our smaller towns, it would take a lot longer before some of those things would be, impact us to the level because there's a lot of God-loving and God-fearing people. Pray that God would continue to raise up godly men and godly women in this community that would be willing to sacrifice and to serve because no greater love. You have to have that love that God gives you in order to be willing to lay down your life for someone else. And then the uh, second thing and final thing I want to share with you tonight The love from God gives us that ability to love fellow man. And don't forget that. If you say, you know, I'm just one of those kind of people. I just love people. No, God's given you the ability to love. God's given me the ability to love. It's not because I have an innate or inherent ability to love anyone or anything. I know what I'm capable of because God had to change my heart because I had so much anger at people and the things that I had seen people do to other people. I had become uh, extremely warped and jaded in that sense and didn't believe that there were many decent people around and i'm thankful that god was able to recognize that i'm just as broken as anybody else is and it's by the grace of god that i was not anything that anybody else was and i could stoop to any level and it's only by his grace that i have not gone to those so tonight as i ask you tonight the love that you have do you in your mind silently have an unwritten code for your marriage you know what, as long as they don't do this or they don't do that, it's going to be fine. But I'll tell you what, they have to do this, it's done. I'm done. Anybody in here tonight go, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm battling, falling out of love. Don't say that. If I Don't say it to me. I'm going to grab a hold of you and love you straight. Amen? Get you straightened up. Because that's not a love of God. That is a love that is the farthest thing from a love of God. The love of God, it does believe all things, it hopes all things It endures all things. And that true love from God, it doesn't fail. If you love someone tonight that left you and abandoned you, if you truly loved them tonight, you know what you're saying in your mind? I still love them. And what that would do is be an indicator of the purity of the love that you had and a love that is of God. And that love that trumped the, the actions that they had towards you and the hurt that they caused you. That's the beautiful thing, That is, when you love people as God's created, called, and equips us to love, it is a love that will never fail. Even after they're gone, nothing will ever change the, the love that you have in your heart for those people when it is a true love, when it's a love from God. The carnal love, has all these, I don't like in any way, I don't want to be loved carnally by nobody in that respect. You know, hey man, love you, don't say that, because you're not, you know, you can't even fulfill what you're saying to me right now. And that's the picture that we see with uh, Peter and Jesus, when Peter says, oh Lord, I'll go with you to death. He was saying, oh, agapao you, I love you so much, Lord, i am lay down my life with you. He was speaking and saying something that he had no ability to do, because literally, What? For the rooster crows three times, you will deny me. And he did. And that's the thing. Peter was arrogant in his statement. He didn't understand even himself. But even back then, they did not have what? The indwelling power of the Holy Spirit that gave them that ability to love unconditionally. You think about that? It was at Acts and Pentecost, that's when we see the Holy Spirit and that gift of being able to be indwelt by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said the Comforter would come That's what he was talking about. That's the ability we have. We have God that dwells within us. We have become the temple of the Holy Spirit. We talked about that on Sunday. But tonight as you think and you reflect before as we close. Are you loving as God's called you to? Are you thankful for the protection that we have as followers of Christ, the freedoms that we have as followers of Christ tonight? In this great nation, there's a lot of flaws in this nation, but I'm going to tell you, this is still the greatest nation on the planet. We are still more blessed than any other nation on the planet. There is a whole lot of things that we can do, and I'm gonna tell you what it is. It's prayer. Prayer changes things. Prayer changes things in our lives. It changes things in our families. It changes things in workplaces. It changes things in neighborhoods. It changes things in states, countries, and the world. Are you utilizing that tool that you have tonight to pray? I've shared this. I keep sharing it. I'm going to do it until we're all tired of it, and I'll just keep doing it because you cannot minimize the importance of prayer. Prayer and reading God's Word. Are you picking up God's Word and letting God speak to you, and then when you get done, are you praying, God encourage our men and women in uniform, encourage those who serve. God, strengthen their families. Lord, you know if one will lose one down the road, God, prepare their family now for that loss, God, that they would be able to greater weather, that someone would would, uh, would be sent to their lives, Lord, that would be a source of hope and peace, that would share Christ's love with them so they have that feeling of hope, that feeling of meaning and knowing that that this is not just happenstance and they just don't disappear off into oblivion. God, there's a purpose for our lives and a reason that we live, move, and have our being. Are you doing that? God, use me. Use me in the simple ways. God, I don't care, Lord, if wherever I'm at, I only see one person the next five years. Let me have a great impact on that person. And Lord, you could let that person end up reaching the whole world for Christ. God, I know that I don't have to stand in front of a football because we have that mindset as humans to believe that we've got to be in front of a football field with 50,000 people there to make the greatest impact in our lives and be up there in front of everyone. No, we don't. You've just got to be faithful in the little that God has placed you in that you categorize as little because I can assure you there are many people who've ministered to one person that have gone on and ministered to hundreds of thousands By their faithfulness and that person ministering to that one person, those people were ministered to as a result of the faithfulness. Think of the moms, the dads, the grandmothers and grandfathers that did nothing more than pray. They had no other ability to reach this young person, no other ability to speak into their lives, but they prayed for them. I know the stories with uh, D.L. Moody. I know the stories about Billy Graham and how Billy Graham came to faith in Christ he had praying grandmother, and the prayer that God honored and used raised up this man that God ended up using to, to reach more people for the gospel than any other human being, I believe, in history. It is the faithfulness of God's people that changes things. Are you being faithful? Are you being faithful in that ministry of, hey, thanking someone who served the country? Thanking a law enforcement officer, hey, I know you might not hear this much, or maybe you do, but I wanna thank you for what you do for our community. You know how that makes them feel? It makes them feel really good, especially in light of the things that are said to them so often when they're out working. And I assure you, there's a lot of things said to them that are not encouraging, but extremely discouraging. And the things, the taunts, and the things that are said to them are horrible. And it doesn't, there's not really a week or two that goes by if you've ever been on the, uh, the there's an app, uh, it is uh, Officer Down Memorial page. There is not literally about two to three days that goes by that an officer is not lost in the line of duty every single week. There's at least two or three every week. There's about three to 400 a year on a high year, I think it's about 400 on a low year, I'll be at the high 200s. But those are people that go out don't know that that day they're going to lay their life down. As that scripture says, John 15, 13, they're going to, that's going to be the reality for them. They're going to lay down their life for a person that many times they don't even know. The people in the communities that support them that they've never seen, they're going to lay down their life to protect that community, to try to apprehend maybe someone who is a threat, a danger. We've seen in the school systems what's happened in so many different places. Domestic violence, one of the greatest things that happens and officers lose their lives going and responding to domestic violence incidents. We don't think about that and the sacrifice it takes when men and women, the same way that even now in peacetime, we lose people in the military just about every few days, even in peacetime that are serving. We have people still serving right now overseas. You know that? We have people in harm's way right now. Anybody thought about still praying for those Hey, we need to pray for the ones that are here in peacetime that God will protect them. There's training exercises that are very dangerous. There's a lot of dangers that are still faced by our military. So we should be very effective, not just wait till it's wartime to pray, but not only pray for them, but be thank you. God thank you for raising up those men and women that are willing to serve to protect these freedoms, Father, that we many times take for granted. God. Use me as an ambassador. Father, use me for the kingdom. God, use me as a prayer warrior for them to encourage them. Lord, let them understand that the sacrifices they're making are not in vain. Are you praying? Are you reading God's word and allowing God to speak to you? Tonight, are you living with an attitude of gratitude? An attitude of what? Thank you. Lord, thank you. Thank you for what Jesus did. Thank you that not only what Jesus did, you are able to give me the ability to love The ability to lay my life down for my friend, Father, is only going to happen with the love that you give for me, because the love that God gives for us is that love that would give us the strength, the ability, and compel us to lay our life down for somebody else. Are you loving like that? And if you're not, I would encourage you tonight, get up here and start praying about it. Tonight, if you're here and you've been part of this group that's praying for prodigal children, Parents that don't know Christ, friends, neighbors, acquaintances, a coworker There's no limitations. Who is it in your life tonight that God's laid on your heart? Remember this thing I challenge you to do. Not just pray once, but pray until what happens? It's called push. They know about it in the schools. What is it? Pray until what? Something happens. What is the something that we are wanting to happen? See them come to faith in Christ. How can we stop praying for them? Either they come to Christ, come to know the love of Christ, or they pass away. And guess what happens? Once they do, that frees us from our prayer list and we can pray for somebody else. There's somebody in here that means enough to you tonight in your life that you need to pray for. Somebody that may not even know, have never heard it. I know people share with me. There's people that they've never shared with and they have, God's really hit them in the last few weeks that they've never talked about anything spiritual with. God, Open that door. Give me the words to say, Father, so that I don't bungle up what I need to say. I want them to understand the peace, the joy, the hope, and the fulfillment that is knowing you as Lord and Savior. Tonight, if you've not been thankful for those people that lay down their lives and serve, the people that wake up every single day and go out there and put their lives in great peril and risk, whether wartime or peace, in the military, in law enforcement, and so many different uh, agencies that help protect this nation, please start praying for them. Pray that God would strengthen them. God would comfort them. God would give them uh, their families, if those ones that lay down their lives in the service of our nation, God would give them peace and give them the ability to recognize the important sacrifice they made because there is one thing tonight, church. Freedom is not free. And guess what else? Salvation is not free. Jesus paid the price for us. Now, I thank him tonight because that price has been paid in full. We don't have to do anything to add to our salvation. There's nothing we can do to be more saved tonight. God loves us on our best day as much as he loves us on our worst day. And I'm so thankful for that. But tonight, who's that person God's put on your heart? Come up here tonight, lift them up and pray. You don't have to say it out loud if you don't want to, but in your little group, I hope you guys begin to connect with one another and you begin to help update people on praying for each other and that we get something started here that maybe will affect another church, another ministry, or another body somewhere who's, who's worshiping and you share that and they able to do that. Imagine every week if there were enclaves of people lifting up the lost. I'm just going to tell you in all reality and a numbers thing, you've just got to do it. Even the power of God, put that to the side. If you're praying for people, there's going to be someone who's reached, right? Well, add the power of God to that. And we have an amazing force that's working on behalf of us for those people that what do we do? We buried our pride and our nervousness of getting up and praying with others. What we're showing is humility but we're also showing that they mean a lot to us. We care about them. I care about their soul and I don't care what anybody thinks about it. I want to see them come to faith in Jesus Christ and know the peace that I know as a follower of Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you tonight, Lord. Thank you for joining us today. We pray that God's word has encouraged you. You feel like you've had fellowship and been at home with family. Today, if God has moved in your heart and today you would like to make him not only the savior, but the Lord of your life. First, it's important to know that we are sinners. We're born sinners. No one can bridge the gap that was separated when sin broke what God had created so beautifully. If today, you know you're a sinner in need of a savior and you know that Jesus Christ was born, lived a sinless life, and died on the cross to pay for your sin. Today, if you want to, you can trust Him as your Lord and Savior. It requires you to pray, and in faith, ask Him to save you, to forgive you of your sins, to cleanse you, and you want to live for Him. I pray today, if you do that, that you will reach out to us. We would love to get you connected in a church body, a church home, wherever that might be, and get discipleship around you so you can grow in this new life that you found in Christ. Read God's word. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. God bless you.